Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Okay. Hello. Hello and welcome everyone to the Divine Feminine Revolution. I'm so excited to have uh, a fellow intuitive healer, um, Hay House author. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's on my vision board list. So I can't wait to hear all your hacks about that. Um, so I want to introduce to you my friend, Mr. Manju. I'll let you go ahead and do a brag intro. So just share with us a little bit more about who you are and don't be shy about what you bring to the table. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Megan. Yeah, for this great collaboration and great to be here on this space with you and uh, with your listeners. So my name is Srimanju Katagada. I'm an intuitive healer, as she said, a Hay House author to connect your inner guide uh, book. And uh, it's one of the leading books in the Asian countries. And also Akashic Records reader, Reiki healer, and many other things over the time that I have put on in my toolkit with meditations and everything. So my main passion is connecting to the people and uh, being part of their soul's journey. And if they feel stuck in their path to unwind and reveal their own magical gifts and uh, show them what their true gifts are. As I truly believe we are all beautiful souls and we have a bigger purpose to be here in this time and age and uncovering and living that part is so important like you know it goes well with um again part of it feminine wisdom it's um we all have it it doesn't matter the gender but the feminine wisdom we all need to address into look into stop by pause by and unreveal yeah and i also believe like this totally magic it's so cheesy, but like, if you don't believe in that magic, we just don't know what's going to happen. At the very next moment, the excitement is lost. It's like having that wand and saying like, hey, let's see, let's sit in the roller coaster and let's go for a ride. Like, you know, getting that into about it. Yeah. So as I named my podcast as well as Life is Magical, uh, truly believing all the miracles that come in our path. Yeah. It's all about like living in a simple way, mm -hmm. having, developing our tools and techniques around like, you know, what has helped us and uh, resharing with my community, with the tribe, as I call it, the soul tribe that I connect to the people. It's like a few years ago, I would have been lost, like, you know, trying to say, who can understand me? Who can get me? Like, you know, where I don't sound like a black sheep, like, you know, but now like we have a huge tribe it's like 360 degrees we are covered like you know that's the most important thing 
connecting with them and uh, knowing we are part of a bigger plan. That's me. <laughs> and I love that your podcast is called Life is Magical. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, what an amazing title. And, you know, I was just sitting here listening to you reflecting on, you know, if people don't think that they have magic, like if they're disconnected mm-hmm. from that part of themselves, they're just cutting off a huge source of power and manifestation ability um, that they could totally be using. So tell us a little bit about the journey to get to, you know, the before and after, like what brought you into the healing world, into podcasting, into coaching? Perfect. Yeah, that's my favorite part of it. It every time gives me a goosebump. Like, wow, was I that part of my life there? Like, you know. So, right, okay. Um, twelve years or thirteen years ago, when I gave birth to my youngest child, um, I was diagnosed with um, postnatal depression, arthritis, and a few other health issues where I couldn't even get out of the bed. Literally, like, you know, to change their diapers. I had another child as well. Um, who was a toddler at the time and between both of them like to change the diapers it would take like 20 minutes and my hands would be crippled up not able to hold anything that that face was like the um, dark night of the soul like you know before then I didn't know I was living in like so-called my own bubble world thinking everything is there uh, this is how the life is but always my question was what is my purpose what is me here contributing to the world like you know uh being a wife being a mother being a corporate career woman uh being a child like these are all the things that are my duties but there was a bigger part of me was always questioning but i think when this hit and i started soul searching reiki came through through my little girl as she had some reflex issues ear issues so i was trying to help her but very little did I know I was helping myself at the time and so discovering Reiki helped me like wow I can do healing I can make things better for myself my little girl wow what a magic we got in our palms that we never thought about like you know being in the corporate career being a computer graduate skeptic mind was always there which is a good thing I see as because only when things are proven, when I see it reflecting, working, I talk about it. I use it more often as well. Um, until then, I was teasing my friends, like, focus, focus, Reiki. Like, I don't believe what is that magic thing like you talk about. And since then, I started opening up to seeing clients, working with people, because there was like, I can get better. This is a simple thing. Why not I share this gift with others as well? And then slowly I started teaching about Reiki. And then I started introducing meditations because these were helping me as well on the growth. And all this along, I was having my corporate career as well and running the business, having the children. So the gift was like more about like me doing it because I was introducing with my children. We were all holding the space. Like, have we done the meditation? Have we done the tapping? Like, you know, have we practiced what we are talking about it even like, Having each other's support was the biggest gift, doing with the young children and started teaching in the schools as well, like, because I thought if there is one thing that I missed in my raising is having these gifts at early stages. So I started uh, teaching meditations, mindfulness practices in schools, and the children were like, 
sucking up, soaking up all these good vibes so early without questioning. Whereas when I do this with the adults, we have a lot of questions like, does this work? Is this real? Can I sleep better after meditation? But children, like, they just take it in. And uh, if I say, like, hey, have a glitter jar, use it as your anxiety relief or uh, uh, calming your stress and everything, they'll be immediately excited to do this and use it. So that is where I felt like, oh, having these things early as our pillars or a foundation is the most important thing. And these may not be a bigger, like even expansive thing. These are simple things like even conscious breathing. That is one of the main foundations of the whole work that I do is we forget that we need to breathe from our belly rather than the chest. Mm -hmm. Chest breathing is very much normal. And that's the reason we feel tightness. We can't go deep into our body. And uh, for the first time, if someone is doing, they feel, oh, I feel stagnant. I feel stuck. Yes, because we forgot. But if you watch a baby, you always notice. I always notice. Are they okay? Are they breathing? By checking their bellies because they were rising up and down. That's the first thing I teach in meditation. And this is only a few seconds. It doesn't need to take an hour out of your schedule to do meditation. So if you want, we can do this together even now and um, see even as the listeners are doing it with us. So all you need to do is close your eyes. Closing eyes helps us to go inward rather than externally. Who is watching me? What's happening here? And now placing your hand either left or right on your lower belly. And now take a deep breath into your lower belly. Slow with your own comfort if you're doing this for the first time. Hold it. And now slowly breathe it out. And at the start, it doesn't really matter, nose or mouth, whichever is your comfort. But later on in the practice, you can just use your nose in breath and out breath. It helps us our nervous system to calm down quicker. Now another deep breath into your belly. Now visualize some colors. I'm visualizing breathing in gold glitter. Hold it and breathe out white. One more time. Breathe in gold glitter going into your lower belly holding and breathe out any stagnant energy out in a white color. Now you can open your eyes and recheck with yourself how you're feeling. This is as simple as that. Immediately you can notice my voice has slowed down and that's only literally a few seconds. It's still so powerful even for me. What happens is more oxygen is being pumped into your body. Your mind gets calmer. And now when you have to make a decision, brainstorm ideas or think about what do I need to do next, it's very clear. But what we do is, without doing this, we go on a low battery for a whole day rather than charging up in between, like, you know, and this is the most important thing. We think meditation always in our mindset is like, oh, you need to be sitting down with those poses, mantras, mudras, and do for 30 minutes, an hour. But no, this mindfulness breathing is good enough if you're not going to do or have time to do anything else. You can do sitting in the car flying um, in the flight or uh, talking to someone, being in the dining table, anywhere we can do it. 
but doing is the most important thing. Yeah, the breath is so important. Um, you know, I love that you shared a demo uh, because I worked at a holistic treatment center for a few years and we would start every session off with that kind of breathing. And mm-hmm. it always reminded me like that, you know, I think from an abundance perspective, like we really are gifted with everything we need. Like we have abundant oxygen and we have abundant breath and we really can do so much. We can even prevent panic attacks just by breathing. And so we think it's like almost like too easy or too simple, yeah. but so profound. And I was really resonating to like all of what you said as you're kind of introducing your story, because um, I grew up in a family that did a lot of meditation. And so yeah. I've been as a kid, my parents were hippies. <laughs> and so, um, that has been a gift. And, uh, in, when I was in grad school uh, for psychology, I ended up, um, becoming a Reiki master. And part of that for me was that my dad had been diagnosed with cancer and I was just feeling really like helpless, mm-hmm. um, and in this existential crisis. And then like Reiki came into my life and it was such a game changer for me. Um, and I feel like that was really like my spiritual awakening. And because I was in grad school for like therapy and psychology, uh, it like really fused together. Um, and I just love seeing Reiki in particular, um, coming into the forefront, even in medical settings, like cancer treatment centers and hospitals. And, mm-hmm. um, for all my clients, um, I recommend Reiki as an energy medicine, as, you know, such a powerful treatment, um, even above and beyond psychology. And I'm actually, uh, launching an energy medicine membership. So I'm really excited about that. And I just love, that we have that in common. And so when you got on the spiritual path, was this something that you kind of like grew up with or were you like, was this a departure for you to go down that path? Yeah, I grew up like when I was writing my book, I realized I did grow up with some spirituality there in our household. Like we, we grew up part of being a Hindu and being a Hindu is not about a religion. It's a way of living. And that's, uh, a lot of people say it's a religion, but no, it's spirituality as well. So my dad or my mom, like they would be praying, but my dad always believed there is God within you. Pray to that rather than going to the temples. I think he's very much like, I don't want to go to all the temples. I just want to go when I feel like. And that's something that I sit with it as well. It's the energy that matters. Like, you know, yes, we do bow to the bigger part of our lives. That's the most important thing. But saying that uh, in the era that I was growing up in the 80s, it's all about the education side was you're either a doctor or a, a engineer and only then you're categorized as successful. So there was a two different dimensions to the household living that we were in. So one part you believe, but then the career is all about this. There were no holistic healers. There is no one who practiced yoga or meditation when I was growing up, looking around in my family. Remember when I was 14 and 16, I was going through stress with education and everything, getting the scores and everything. So I said, I want to go for yoga at four o'clock in the morning, take a local bus and go to the venue and come back and then go to the college. And I was okay with that. But like, I was looked weird even then, like, you know, even though as we think bigger part is, oh, India, everyone should be meditating. Everyone should know but not every part of the Indian culture, like, you know. And um, when I started using my tools and everything, some of them were like aha moment, making the connections of it. And uh, 
And I said to my family that I'm going to quit my corporate career, take this as my full-time thing, teach uh, children uh, meditations and also practice healing. My family was like, have you gone nuts? Is this what you're going to do for a living? You won't have enough money. You can't do this. Like, you know, uh, what about your own family? Are you going to neglect them? But it's just a disconnect that we were, they were even living with, like, you know, so it's all about, no, this is the way. If I'm peaceful, my family is going to be healthy, happier, and I'm more present with them rather than me not happy as a main base or the foundation for the own family members. Like, you know, as a mother and father, we are the strong pillars. And so I was like, I had to make, build a trust with them. So this is what I'm going to do it. I'm glad, like, my husband is open and my children are very open to it. They do, they support because they're the ones who are living with me and getting it. But first thing is we need to understand, is this true to me? Am I really doing this for myself? Am I going to be happy with And When you make that decision, I think everything else will fall in place. If not, you will get some gap that you can be very clear about it and step uh, further into your path or a goal. Yeah. So definitely growing up, there is challenges. Um, even with the spirituality, I think that is the life. That is a contract we all make into. If not, what is the point? Like, you know, um, there is no learning curves in our lives, right? <laughs> so those are the major ones, yeah, that I can say about. <laughs> yeah, I for me, um, Louise Hay has definitely been one of my fearless feminine mentors and leaders. You know, she's been such an innovator and, um, you know, when I have something come up health wise, one of the first things I do is like grab her book and look up like what the emotional <laughs> things I are. Know I, do the same. <laughs> and I, I drive my clients crazy because I'm like, oh, okay, you have like arthritis, like, okay, don't hate me, but I'm gonna like look this up and it's totally gonna be like a call out from the universe, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I look up to her so much and it's definitely one of my main life goals is to, you know, write like a spiritual self-help book. So first of all, you know, for the listeners, like go check out Louise Hay. You can heal your life. It's super profound, very simple, amazing book. It can heal your life. Um, if you haven't read it, it's amazing. Um, and then for anybody who's maybe like interested in becoming an author, um, tell us about the journey of writing your book and getting it published. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that book. I still do that. Like, you know, I was so surprised. Like uh, when someone, my master, uh, Reiki master teacher, she introduced me to that book. Yeah, and she yeah. said like, hey, this is the wonderful that changed her life. I said like, okay, let me read. I was all into fiction books at the time. And so I said, I'll read it. And I was surprised when I checked in arthritis at the time, which I was suffering with, and uh, anger and stagnant energy. Oh my God, yes. I was holding on to all the things that I was not comfortable with my childhood and being angry at uh, everything else and me. And that is what, as I started releasing with the Reiki principles and everything, I was more free, like, you know, and now some clients say, I have a lower back, let me check. Oh, it's a financial thing or a facial chakra, do check it out. It's amazing. So yeah, since then, like my vision board had that to become a Hay House author. I've been on to many of their courses and everything is like a, um, addictive junkie getting so much information from each of them I feel yeah. like I just downloaded one of their hey house orders before we were going live here um, so for me I, a couple of things that worked out that I would love to share with anyone becoming a author is um, 
be clear on the goals of what is that book you want to write and why you want to write it. I have been to the writing challenge uh, where they were doing in-person in London. And uh, at the end of the course, what they said was like, hey, you need to submit a manuscript and you might be lucky to be picked up as one of their authors uh, as they will publish and everything. I said, okay, I'm not going to lose anything. Let me go for that workshop. I still wanted to do a little travel on my own, even though it's Dublin to London, it's only five, 45 minutes, but I wanted to go on my own and do it. I did that and they said this was done in May and uh, we need to submit a manuscript by October 31st. And I still remember Halloween night after coming back from the party, uh, kids to the bed at 12 o'clock, 11.59, I hit send. I was so skeptical. I was so nervous and saying like, should I, should I not do it? But uh, I had a very strong imagination of this book coming. And uh, along with a couple of others that they showed where that I take still today is when you write a book, write for yourself. Don't hold on to the attachment of how it's going to be published. It can be self-published. It can be through Kindle, through um, Amazon or a small publisher as well. It's your visiting card to the readers. And that's the most important thing. And by that, like when I hit send, I released any attachments to that manuscript. And then after a week, I said, I'm going to send a couple more because I have it anyway. Send it to a couple more uh, publishers. And one publisher came back within uh, three weeks and said, we love your book, and but we are not ready to publish such book. But keep on trying it. Don't give it up. I said, okay, at least a good review they gave me. I was so confident. And then the Hay House UK came back saying, uh, unfortunately, you're not selected. You're not part of the three they only select three top three people out of the 250 submissions they got. And they said, no, but we really love this is what the feedback we thought about it. And the feedback was excellent. It's just that they didn't um, uh, prefer it compared to someone else, like, you know, that year. And then Hay House India came back and said, we are ready to publish it. I said, like, wow, when I just disconnected it, it was happening. And so there, for me, the struggle wasn't there at all. Uh, intentions were very clear. But the struggle was for me to trust in myself and write the book. I was scared. I had to learn a lot to release. Even after publishing, getting my first copy, holding it, I was so nervous and saying like, oh my God, now the whole world is going to read my story. Um, that was very much like, you know, I used to have very strong dreams as well, like uh, coming out of the closet, like, you know, being good, thrilling who I am, even though my uh, students, uh, my clients, everyone knew, but your unknown world it was tapping into. So that is where we need to detach and release. And having it in the vision board definitely helps you because you're constantly seeing it and you're reminding yourself. And the other advice is to write. Don't judge. Is it good or not? Let it be a channel writing. As you sit in the meditation, let the wisdom come and write. And at the end, we can hire someone to um, make it, it all into a content base, like, you know, as a chapter flow and all. But first thing without writing, there's nothing no one can do about it. Yeah. I love that you make that point about detachment, because I think a lot of us like want it so bad. And then we get kind of like lopsided in our balance about all the other things in our life. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to... Um, Melanie and Lair do a talk and she was saying that like once you once the, all the money is on lock 
it really does become about like, how do you treat your people and how's your life going and all this kind of stuff. And it was like that all along. (laughs) Mm. Sometimes we can get so driven in the ambition to get the thing. Um, I know for me, my human design gate is uh, something around like detachment and celebration. And so I know for me, like I can get perfectionistic and like wanting that like overachiever, like, like little hit of success uh, (laughs) to keep fueling me. Um, But I noticed when I just like step into my confidence as a creator and totally detach from the metrics, like, do people like this? I don't care. Like I like it and I'm making it and I'm putting it out there. Um, Mm. That to me is like the magic. So I love that you bring that in because I think that that's a lot of times what um, trips people up on the law of attraction. They're like, I want it so bad. Like, why isn't it happening? I'm doing all the things, but you do have to trust. And I think that's the, the, can be the tough part. Exactly. Trust on the process and the right and the best thing will happen rather than what we think is the best for us. And at the time I said only like, you know, even one reader reads my book, I'm happy. And it happened that it's my husband who read the book, who, who doesn't read any book. He read the book from start to end. I said, like, my purpose is done. I'm so happy. Now, anyone else reading the book, it's totally a bonus for me. Like, you know, <laughs> so I was so delighted. I was celebrating that. And I was also celebrating the two rejections who gave me as well, like, you know, the two of the publishers who rejected. I was so happy. Thank you. I celebrated going to a coffee shop, doing it with my husband. Like, let's celebrate. At least they gave me a review. And I know the reason. I'm sure something better is going to come in. And that's the most important thing. So you don't go in to sulking more crying like being upset because it's so easy to be lost as well yeah something so desperately we want it it doesn't happen it's the world shatters but it's about like oh great thank you so the best is still to come (laughs) yeah yeah and I think a lot of times especially if you're like me and you've got a million friends that are coaches you know we get so much marketing um about where people are you know bragging about their achievements and their results and the money that they've made. And I'm all for that. And, um, I think when you are making personal goals, what I've shifted to is more like fixed goals because we can't necessarily control how much money we make or, you know, what these metrics are. Like people are bragging about that after the fact, you know, they made the result and then they're like talking about it. Um, but when you're goal setting, um, I found it to be super empowering to detach from, that thing. But instead of saying like, I want to make X amount of money instead, I'll be like, okay, well, what do I need to do to do that in my mind that feels good? And then Mm. those are the goals. And so I found that to be really freeing um, versus that like compare and despair (laughs) that we can get going when, when we're in such a powerful community of women. And, you know, I think the secret of it is, is that we're all amazing. Um, And so, you know, really revelatory. Totally. And believing that abundance is there for everyone, not only monetary, but love, happiness, everything for everyone. Like, and my question was, who will read my book? Like, you know, why is it unique? Like, and then I realized it's my story. It's my way of saying that is the reason it's unique. Like, you know, the same book, I I haven't uh, done a new thing there. It's everything. Everyone knows it, but I have put it all together with my experiences that have worked for me, like seven guys that worked for me. And that is a unique thing. Like you as a coach, you are unique to your clients that nobody can replace it. And that's, we need to understand the gift, isn't it? 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so you're also an Akashic Records practitioner, which I love that as a medium. And I've definitely had some really powerful experiences, you know, going back to like the cave of creation, releasing contracts, learning lessons. And it's been so freeing. You know, my background is kind of as a trauma psychologist. So like I've done a lot of trauma healing work with people over the years. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been so powerful to release it in that way um, and kind of like hit that higher timeline. So I'm just kind of wondering like any, any great stories from the Akashic Records crypt or like, yeah. tell us about that part. Definitely. Even like um, when I started learning it and uh, trying to see, check in myself, what was I in the past lifetime? What is my gifts and everything writing came up? Like I was, that gave me a lot of energy and boost. Let's do this because I've done this in the past as a healer. I was being shown that and that made me help to totally trust myself and create my corporate career and totally trust in this process. I think without those verifications, I would have been taking a longer time to totally be in myself. Yeah. So Akashic Records is that place that I look up as the end of the tunnel. If we feel like this is it, I don't see any light. Come back there and open your own soul records and check in what have we been missing. It may seem the end of the tunnel, but we just need to wait for the sunrise to happen, a new day to begin, like, you know, and knowing which side the sunrise is, where the guidance in the records comes in. If we are in a crossroads, if you're on like, you know, uh, lost or questioning on a relationship, on your career, anything that brings up, yeah. There was this person who came all the way from London to get a reading and um, she's a lawyer, she said, and she is lost. She wants to know what are her gifts from the past lifetime. And as I opened her records, it was coming up as the, she was a um, person who was making these potions in her past lifetime and healing on the skin issues. And I was saying, I know it doesn't sound uh, to what you're expecting because you're a lawyer in this lifetime but this is a gift that you're bringing in from the past lifetime and do you relate with it have you ever done anything like that in this lifetime or even thought about it and she said two weeks ago my whole face broke out in a bad acne and I tried all the things I could and I was against kind of steroids and I can't tell that her face was broken out with acne it was so beautiful so clear and then she said she started looking into the uh, herbal things like shea butter and other things. So how she can mix it and use it. And that started uh, making her skin better within two weeks. And uh, it's all clear with acne. And she also started because it was summer holiday. She said, like, let's do some soya wax candles. And uh, she started doing soya wax candles with her children. And um, what I did uh, before she said about the soya wax candles is, I drew a picture and there was a logo that came up where it was a love heart and one side was closed and the other side was like a compartmentalized one. And I said, this is the energy of it. It's coming up as you're opening up your heart center and you're being part of you, but also uncovering your gifts. And that's something symbolizing. And she said with the soya wax candle, uh, she even went to the extent within these couple of days creating her own logo for fun like you know because she's finding it this empty and uh, she doesn't even know how she was doing this such a radical changes she created a logo and put it up uh, 
onto these glass shards and was giving us a gift that when she was traveling to Ireland, she was bringing to her family members. I said like, wow. And when I drew that, she said, that's exactly what I did. And she goes home and sends me the pictures of it. How like, you know, it's still a goosebump moment for me. It's like, oh my God, this place, it still has every information that we are ever going to do and everything. So tapping into gives us the full details and the confidence, that leap of faith that we can take on and do anything in our lives. And by that, that helped her not to change her career, but to give a peace of mind that these are the gifts she can do it, parallelly running her whatever her life is, because she's enjoying being a solicitor. It's not that she is in a desk to change her career, but also fun activities that she can do just to bring the joy in her life. Yeah. So again, that record gives us a clarity of it. If we have a troubled relation with uh, repeated patterns from our boss kind of energy or like, you know, a female character in our family, understanding where it has originated and why it was going through, that gives an answer. Like me, I was questioning, why did I get through this arthritis at 28? At that age, like, you know, why did I have to go through that such a painful time? But without that, I wouldn't have listened or awakened my gift. And um, in the previous lifetime, I ended my life at that 28, where I didn't fulfill my longings, and I was not allowed to express myself. And exactly at the same time, it starts up again, like, you know, and how wonderful it is, like, you know, all these are divine timing. But until we question, do the research for ourselves from our soul, we won't make the connections. We might think, oh, the answer, let it come. Like when, when it is like, you know, I don't know, will I ever know why did I have a loss or why did I go through that? But there is always a reason. Maybe it will take months to understand that reason. Yeah. Sometimes it's a epiphany of a quick realization as well. Like, you know, and now like, you know, notice like so many children being born with these gifts now and um, awakening and we becoming that portal to hold them before it was only few of them but now more and more people are holding those children those kids are super talented they just know being in themselves they know how to speak clearly or to the spirit world or even to what they want for their body that's super clear if a child is rejecting eating broccoli it's not because he's fuzzy he or she it's because their body doesn't need that it could be with chemicals it's not organic it could be or they're not happy with the pesticides being used, but we won't think that way. We would be just stopping them and feeding them. But the kids are super sensitive. We need to listen to them more often. Yeah. Until we uh, think we are right. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And that's something I often talk about. I know my daughter has some intuitive superpowers and you know, the, the little ones coming in, whether they're indigos or crystals or rainbows or whatever you want to call them, uh, they don't do well with being controlled. And so I love your broccoli example because um, they will just push right back and it's like they kind of serve back the energy that you give them. And so I think it's so important um, when dealing with these little ones, even if they almost like look troubled, a lot of times it's because they are so sensitive and they're feeling so deeply and kind of like you were talking about with arthritis, like it's the healing crisis that activates the healer, mm. with, right? And so that's so powerful. Um, I love that perspective. Also wanted to ask you, so, I mean, international speaker, workshops, meditations, group courses, private one-on-ones, you've got everything going on. I totally relate to that as, um, 
you know, a creative, um, I'm a master number 11. So I do like the creativity and confidence is kind of like my jam. Um, how do you not get sidetracked? How do you get, like, do you do things one at a time? Um, what's your human design? If you know, like, tell us how you kind of make that work. Cause you've got so much going on. I'm so impressed. Yeah, I did. I was listening to one of your old podcasts about the human design. I need to check what's mine. It was really interesting on that. Yeah. For me, it is about like, I think because by nature, by my education, I was a project manager. So it's for me, it's the goals. It's the end vision. That's the most important thing. But it was a struggle at the early stages because here there was no manager. I was a manager. I need to do what inspires me. So it's more about me at this stage is always following that wisdom that is coming in, not questioning the process. There was a science like where uh, my guidance was, hey, you need to reach out to the radio shows. You need to reach out to the TV shows. And once I reached out without no expectations, I was getting those like, you know, on my way. And it's just that manifestation portal being open, trusting the process. That's still something that I'm learning. So when things are happening, I embrace them. And uh, working on my fears as well, like speaking to the group was my most fearful moment. But then I realized actually I'm comfortable. I'm extrovert and introvert depends on who is around me, how comfortable I am with the tribe. Then I realized actually if it's my favorite topic, I can talk for hours like here now but if it is like shared football nah that's not my thing I'll be silent I'll be watching people like you know I'll be a very good listener there that's it I wouldn't be contributing and so taking on that listening to that calling rather than saying hey I'm afraid I can't do this there is a reason they are all knocking at your door and we need to open that and there was this um Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, was another inspiration for that when it came out, I think, 2016, 2015, sometime, like, you know, where she talks about, like, you know, uh, hold on to your creativity, like, as you're having an affair, don't quote me on that, it could be a little different, but that's what I took it in, is, like, think about your sneaking out and meeting your uh, boyfriend (laughs) or girlfriend, as you did when you were a teenager, with your own creative thing, that's how you should be excited about. And now when I think, oh, there are two people that I can deliver this message, I get excited. Or there's 200 people I can deliver this message, I get the same excitement because those two people can go on, make an impact in their lives and spread to some other people. It's like domino effect, like, you know, but me able to share that, that's the most important thing. We doing this work, and also, if there is no one to receive it, there is no point, right? When there is uh, someone receiving it, showing up and saying like, hey, this is what the message, that's the most important thing. My fears, they are like my friends. They're going to push me to be where I need to be. And fear is into energy that I take it and as rather than as like um, quitting. That's a shift. Yeah, ch- totally big change that I'm learning about it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like that detachment piece is your special sauce. Cause I know I'll get messages from spirit to like do this kind of like big thing. And then I'll be like, you want me to do what? (laughs) Um, and so I love that detachment piece where you're not like really attached to the outcome, but you're just like following spirits guidance. Um, even if it's like a big mission to just really go for it. Yeah. It's just that, that beauty of the flow energy and creative flow that's the most important thing i think um that also helps like i'm very much a creative person um nearly every other day i have to do some artwork 
it's getting out of those uh, rigid lines coming to the flow some people do as yoga or dance or music they move their body so these are all the ways we can incorporate that creativeness is like a flowy river have we got that like you know am i doing something that inspires me today because this is all like you know we talking about it but actually are we even consuming that when i do my art it's a wisdom flowing in when i do reiki it's all being in that state of stillness that's the most important thing honoring um to give value to yourself that's a, again the basics of it again wish it was taught early stages for us we would have been totally different way of embracing all this together but in a way i think like you know it happens at the right timing even though we keep saying wish we were taught but then our culture didn't grow up with that how could they teach it even like yeah <laughs> so i wonder if you're um, maybe a mani gen because they can really do you know a lot of different um things all at once um so definitely if you look it up and you have any questions let me know and for those of y'all listening out there i do do human design reading so if you're curious I found that that was super helpful for me because, um, you know, each pattern has like a toxic emotion. And so like mm-hmm. for me, that's generator, it's frustration. And so like, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially, I know you'll feel this, a mompreneur, like it can be super frustrating. I mean, just being a mom can be frustrating. And so just really like keying into that emotion and then kind of like the Ricky um, promise, you know, do not fear, do not anger, uh, be mm-hmm. true, good, you know, um, kind of like tapping into that and just knowing like which one has the um, like sort of like most harmful effects. And then, um, you know, I like what you're saying, kind of keeping, that like seductive, like affair kind of a uh, romantic creative vibe going like an artist date, I think is really mm-hmm. good. Elizabeth Gilbert is definitely one of my heroes. I remember Eat, Pray, Love, just oh. reading it as a young person, really changing my life. Um, her, She's got a new podcast actually called Big Magic as well. And I love how she describes it because I think um, when we go to create like the ego first is like, oh, we're not good enough. And then second off, like if we get overcome that hurdle, it'll say something like, well, who are you to do this? Yeah. (laughs) I really like how she addresses it in her book. And I assume the podcast, um, just sort of saying that like spirit is giving us these downloads. And then Mm -hmm. like, if we don't act on it, like it's that inspiration, that muse is going to go to somebody else um, who is willing to act on it. And so it's not like there's a scarcity, like shortage of downloads. It's just like, it's coming through you. It's not really like mm-hmm. you. you. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of freeing for me. It helps me kind of like bypass the ego a little bit to just do, like you said, that channeled writing um, and just let it like flow versus uh you know, getting all in my head about like, what does this mean that I'm sharing this or that, you know, publicly. <laughs> Absolutely. And aren't we in a blessed times, isn't it? It's so much resources, so much we are able to hear. Even with the pandemic, I was saying like, thanks to the technology, we're surviving with so much to consume now. It's a choice that what we can consume, isn't it? Rather than in 1912, like they didn't have anything to connect together. Like, yeah, of course, they would have connected with their intuition, telepathy and everything. But here we are so fast in connection. Yeah. yeah. And that has been such a gift of, you know, in my mind, like the Aquarian age, you know, it's like the humanitarianism and that belonging. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So as you're kind of talking about world events, you know, I always sort of like to close with like your wish for the world, or, you know, I like to call it the divine feminine revolution as women leaders rise. Um, what, what is your vision for that moving forward? If you could just like, kind of have it exactly the way you want it. Oh, so one thing is that to incorporate the basics, tools and techniques to all the children, like protection, breathing, grounding things with every child to be learning about it and doing it. So we are like looking after ourselves, it's like, you know, it's like a Star Wars movie, living through it, like, you know, having that laser beam when you know you're crossing a negative energy. You don't need to take it in. You don't need to be consumed by the toxic environment. You just have your boundaries there. And with a woman, like, it's about, like, listening to your calling and act on it. Not about, like, who said what, but it was their insecurities, not yours. You write your story. Um, you can just open up a new page and write your chapter. That's the most important thing. And only when we start doing it, the world is going to stand with us, behind us, supporting, but not when we are not doing it. Like we are hibernating, the world is not going to take us seriously because we are not taking ourselves seriously. Yeah, It's just clearing up the throat center and saying what you truly desire, deserve. That's the most important thing. Yeah, it's such an exciting time to be alive. And I know, you know, depending on what, you know, information you're taking in, it can look like it's either going really bad or really good. But I think it's just important to remember that there are so many, um, like whenever I'm part of a healing circle or a workshop, and we're putting all these like beautiful intentions to the planet, like, that stuff's not televised, right? I mean, the closest we can get is this like awesome podcast episode. Um, But, you know, the revolution is happening all around us. And like, you know, I think many of us are keyed into it and are a part of it, but it's happening to all of us. And so I think it's a really exciting time to be alive. And I'm with you. I think it's the Dalai Lama that says, um, like if we taught meditation um, within one generation, uh, you know, war would be... um, you know, killed and eradicated. And so to me, that's like sort of my magical wish for divine feminine revolution is yeah. That like within our kids lifetimes that they could see a world without war. Like, Oh, I feel like I can like tear up just talking about it, but I really do think it's possible. And I think it's like you're saying, starting with, with following your calling, because when you're not on your calling, you're going to have symptoms, you're going to have aches and pains, you might even have like worst case scenario, life threatening illness, and it's not to punish you, it's like to put you like, back on your your purpose, for sure. Um, So I'm so excited to meet you and to, you know, get to know all of your work. And I love that you're bringing uh, this information to the people, because I do feel like this is such a important part of the paradigm shift that's happening. So tell us, like, how do we work with you? Or do we find you give us all the goods? Cool. Yeah. So yeah, you can reach me out on my website, which is the manju.com as my first name, S-R-I-M-A-N-J-U. I do have a Life is Magical podcast as well. Every two weeks I release with some tools and techniques and insightful things. And I do a lot of lives at Insight Timer. So you can tune me up there and I do teach Akashic Records, Reiki, meditation. So all that information is on my website and definitely you can get the book on Amazon and uh, most of the booksellers in Asia, not in US yet, but in Asia, but 
Kindle, you get it. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. And I just love seeing, um, seeing all these things that I love and then meeting people that love them too, you know, because I think the energy itself is contagious. And I, I just definitely hope that it like spreads across the planet. Yeah. like that's you know um where we're headed so thanks everybody for watching i just want to thank the listeners to divine feminine revolution we're kind of closing out like the first season and coming in strong with the second season and i gotta say that this has been like just such a pleasurable awesome passion project for me and i love meeting all of these amazing power women who are doing amazing holistic things and thank you so much for the listeners um so All right, everybody, have a good rest of the day and we'll see you back on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.